her shirt was so funny. I, I didn't, what even, did didn't even bring it up. I wanted to bring it up, but yeah. what was that? We'll bring it up in the intro. Or is it still recording? Well, yeah, yeah, it's still All going. Right. Well, yeah, what, the, did it, what did it, it say? It said, I am bellissima, just like I'm beautiful in Italian. And uh, and I always am, or something, uh, and always will be, something like that. I love it. Yeah, I I, just, I didn't remark it in the while we talked. I every time we had such a flow. Every time I spoke, I felt like I was breaking the flow. It was kind of like uh, annoying. Like I didn't want to. I feel like we could have just kept going. We mm. just kept activating thoughts in each other and kept like bouncing back and that, forth. That could just be the inner critic because I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, no, I, it was still yeah. fun. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. so, okay, I, I, we're doing an intro. Hey I'm bad at this. Uh, Alyssa. Well, uh, what's up, everyone, first? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I forgot her last name right now. Marcillo, Marcero. Anyway, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll. Alyssa. Alyssa the yogi. Yes, that was a I, beautiful <laughs> conversation, man. Yeah, no, she's, she's dope, she's, man. She's amazing. She's got a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely got a vibe. Really, really fun. Uh, good energy behind her. You could tell she's been in the trenches. You could tell yeah. she's got to practice. And uh, she has the, uh, let's say, informed confidence to be a good yoga teacher, a personal, like a yogi in her mm. life, and now uh, like a life coach, which is always a kind of, uh, to me, an ambiguous title. But like she just has so many tools and she says it in the podcast. She talks about how she a lot of yoga informs her yeah. her coaching. And I'm just like, I, I at the end, you guys will see, I, I told her like, I would love to use your services. I just feel like she has such a good head on her shoulders if you want, if you want to well, use I that. I love that she's incorporating her past knowledge into this field, into one, like, because yoga, like you said in the podcast, it's, it means union. Yeah. So yoga in its own is a form of life coaching, just self-life coaching, you know? You learn so much through your it's practice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, good point. So she kind of bringing that into helping people achieve their goals and get enjoy their lives more and have more fulfillment, is it's like a proven, she's using like a proven method yeah. reinforce into this field it's uh, i think it's gonna be powerful and think she's probably doing amazing work already just by hearing her it was just a really nice conversation filled with wisdom and you know compassion and acceptance yeah and very kind of timely like very like like everything that's going on now like we kind of mm. t- touched it on the podcast but it, it was i like how you said that like she's she's very wise and very intelligent but there was a lot of compassion there yeah. was a lot of just like love and I feel like me and you are on a vibe that's similar right now mm. and that it just felt good to talk to someone else who who was like open to be loving, open to yeah. be to to kind of forego fear and just be like let's have some fun, you know, yeah. let's celebrate the body like I said at the end, like let's let's just be enjoy yourselves. Yeah. I I actually wanted to bring this up on the podcast but we'll bring it up here. There's a new thing I've been doing my client told me about it and it's blowing my mind. It's a uh, as soon as you wake up, you can either journal it. I need to journal it. I've been doing it internally, mentally. But the moment your eyes wake up, five things you're grateful for. Just say it in your mind. Five things. Nice. Dude, I've been doing it. It's like NLP in a sense. It yeah. changes your whole mood the whole day because that's the you'll remember what you said. And even if you don't remember, your brain pattern completely switched to looking for five positive things. Because I would wake up, I would grab my phone, I'd look at the news or negative, something negative would just pop yeah, up because yeah, that's thing, these systems are built that way, right? It's just like dopamine and usually response comes to something scary or you'll click something negative. Even it's, if it's not negative. Like yeah, it's just, it's, just, it before. it's just it's a just flash next, and next you're next. not in control of the content you're receiving if you look at your phone. That's a good point. Yeah, like I, 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 I totally want to try this because lately I've been realizing that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, avoiding the phone when I wake up and I'm giving myself these like... Mm. Even if it's fucking f- 10 minutes, 
of just wake up slowly ch- or maybe wake up at fucking like 11 like I did today yeah. <laughs> and uh and just don't be so in a rush to like start the day in that artificial way where and then busy busy and that, yeah. that really does color the rest of my day and I didn't notice until I stopped hmm. so I took away something and it made such an impact. So if I threw that in, it's, it's I a feel game like changer. It was, yeah. At least for me, I like, so I'm going to try, I want to get like a beautiful, nice little, I'm weird. I like like cool little journals that has to kind of be symmetrical and nice. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to find one and I'm just going to, as soon as I wake like up, write five things, you know, like this morning I was like, I was great. I was grateful for my bed sheets because they're so comfortable. <laughs> you know, I was grateful for like my heart giving me blood and life, you know, like some yeah, random yeah. things, but it's a fir- like, it wasn't intentional, like uh, thinking about it. It was really what's popping in my head. And then I was like, I was grateful for Lily for just being so cute and cuddly. I think that's the way to do it, that it yeah. becomes a, an honest practice. Instead yes. of saying like, I am grateful for, like, it's like Thanksgiving. It's like, I'm thankful for my family and for the food. And it's like, mm. you're just naming things like sit there and be like, man, I'm so happy like that there's gravity. And I'm not yeah. flying around like it's not. We're it grateful sound for stupid. this couch. Like exactly, we're sitting yeah. on a comfortable couch. I'm so grateful Alyssa took the time. Like yeah. you, could, you have these moments and these feelings, and like you, you had such an honest response. Like my my blood is pumping through my body right That's now. That's awesome. And I'm it, alive. It's like yeah. it's 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 so like unadulterated it's so honest and yeah. like my sheets i'm so comfortable right now like that's that's the way to do it I, you know what uh comment guys fucking put some comments yes. in the in the this video and tell us five things that you're grateful for and and sit there for a second and really feel it and uh and we would love to to blast you guys with some hearts and comments and things and yeah. i just want to see what you guys are grateful for yeah, we're grateful for all of you. Like, we see the numbers. We Boom! See turned it around on you. <laughs> we see people are listening, and it's just awesome. Like, Sammy and I spoke about it. We have a lot of listeners that are just, just tuning in and just check out our videos, and I love it. But it would be really helpful. We spoke about this on the phone before. Just if you guys could just press subscribe. There's, like, a little bell next to it, so it keeps you notified when Do we have another things, video. Do the things, guys. Yes, it, press the things. Yeah, it's going to really help us out and just help grow this channel. And we want to get, like, some real... Well, we're getting super awesome guests and we want to continue that. And, and in this world, the bigger your audience, the better the guests usually. Well, I hate it's, to use that word better, but we, the well, people it, that... It's a snowball effect. Yeah. You know, you get some people want that number. They need to, they need that number. Yeah. It's just a reality. And, and I mean, algorithm wise, yeah. you, you click like, it doesn't cost you anything. And more people are going to see our videos. And then more people are going to like, and it's all these things are snowball effects and we will get, you know, like I've, I've said it before, we'll get bigger fish. We'll yeah. get bigger. I hate to, I, I don't want to come out of, listen, everyone, monetize. a personal goal of mine is to get Graham Hancock on. So uh, that's, I'm just going to put it out there. Dennis McKenna, Joey Diaz. Yes. I like, want some, some fun people that I love and respect and I, I want them to blow our minds and, and, and you guys are going to help us make it happen. So if you're on iTunes, put some five stars, yeah. you know, if you, if you're on YouTube, you know, like, comment, share, all that fun stuff. Uh, it, it's Even say hi to us. Like, we want to start to connect with you all and just talk to you. So throw us a comment. Send us a message. Yeah, full disclosure, yeah. Uh, we didn't know how to do that before. <laughs> and I just started responding on YouTube on to the comments. <laughs> and I've been I've been responding to people that commented like nine months ago, and they must just see like a notification like, what today. The like, fuck? Yeah, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? So yeah, we're figuring it out, but yeah. we're having fun, and I hope you're having fun too. And yeah. uh I guess that's it. Stay curious, guys. We cool. fucking love you. And uh, we'll see you next stay time. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yes. What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe.
All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, 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 just... how are you it's been a long time <laughs> yeah i mean it was the summertime since we last saw each other yeah um so yeah a lot has changed it's the um, first time i'm meeting you so hello hi nice to meet you, nice to meet oh, you. Yeah. i'm Alyssa. this is nate <laughs> hi nate be friends heard a lot about you <laughs> uh, hopefully good stuff yes of course yeah. definitely um i just like it's it's interesting you know like when you have like someone uh like with just their name and like oh i do a podcast with them and then you actually see their face and you're like oh cool like now i can actually correlate something together oh, yeah. all the so. expectations die and it just goes like into yeah. reality like just oh no okay. expectations i can't live with expectations anymore oh, actually yeah. my coach told me the other day what did she say high expectations but no attachments and mm. i was like wow that's pretty yogi of you yeah. um no attachments. like you know like you you're you expect like let's say some sort of uh, value or you expect some sort of like outcome but you're not attached to how it comes you're not attached to whether or not it comes you're not <laughs> attached to like the good or the bad of it you're just kind of like yeah that's is. literally karma yoga it's like uh discernment and and effort but no judgment no expectation and it's it's weird because those words are really close together but totally. if they're not well, the same yeah. expectation always leads to disappointment you yeah, know because it's like one. the ego kind of puts it to the standards that is not in it's not realistic in yeah you're literally like priming disappointment with expectation but i like how you're saying no no expect but like don't be attached to the result it's, it's exactly good to have that human like if you want like let's say a job you're like yeah i have high expectations for a job like i know i'm going to you know like i want to make let's say this this amount or like i want this type of benefits or this type of schedule so like i have my expectations um you know for myself but at the same time i'm not attached to like what job it is like if it's job a job b job mm. d yeah i feel thing. you that's hard in practice though <laughs> Totally. Are you yeah. sure we're recording? I didn't see the thing in the background. For which one? The audio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just, just used to seeing it. I just freaked I, out. I, we're, we're trying it out just, just the, <laughs> the screen this time. I was like, <laughs> things have changed. It's okay. Yeah. Worst case, I'll see you next Wednesday. Boom. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> no expectations. Exactly. <laughs> I, have, I have been letting go of expectation like fully lately. And it's not easy because it's just not human. It's not, it's not natural in a weird way. Or it's just not something I'm used to. But I feel like you're alluding to something that I've been like, I've been hitting a wall lately where it's like, I have to put effort and I have to move forward and I have to have some kind of, I mean, hope, I guess might be a, wor a word. I just, you know, having this kind of desire to, to, you know, activate the future or, or let it in, in some weird way. And because those were all those words I used can be kind of negative sometimes there could be this kind of like stay in the moment and presence and it's like yeah but I'm a human being like being I'm always in the moment if I'm thinking of the future that's what I'm doing in the moment like you don't it's semantics right yeah totally 
Um, I think that like, you know, there's a lot of like misconstrued like perceptions of like, let's say like being in the moment and then like taking the time to let's say heal past trauma. Like, sorry, we have to go towards like the past to heal that. Or like if we're setting goals for the future and what we kind of want the direction of our life to go, like we do have to kind of like imagine ourselves, you know, past this present moment and kind of tap into like another place, you know, another level of consciousness. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people nowadays are taking like a lot of the, let's say Eastern or like more Zen philosophies. And I don't know if it's our society, but everybody's just like tearing everything down and like literally ripping it to shreds when like, it's really not that complicated, like be in the moment, you know, if you're sitting here Mm -hmm. having a podcast with like, you know, someone like, are you thinking about what you're going to do, um, after this you know are you thinking Mm -hmm. of your grocery list okay like that's not being in the moment but like you can't always fully be in the moment especially i think when the moment is a little bit like hard like maybe it's emotional maybe we're Mm -hmm. going through something maybe it's difficult and we do want to disassociate we do want to tap out of our body you know like yeah 100 i was i was sick sorry go ahead oh no no please i was just agreeing with you i'm just nodding Oh, sorry. I'm uh, I'm a bit weird sometimes. I'm a socially awkward human. I'm just gonna put it up. I think that's right why now. I love you. Yeah, we get along. <laughs> I love you too, but I'm still socially awkward. You're my kind of people. But uh, keep going. What were you saying about? Uh... Um, I was sick. Like I was sick a couple of uh, a couple of days ago. Like nothing serious. Definitely not COVID. I'm still here alive. Um, but like I had a meeting with my coach, you know, and she was like always. Like, she's like, why do you always like kind of want to get out of the moment? You know, I'm like, well, the moment's uncomfortable. I'm sitting here in pain. Like, I'm not Mm. comfortable Mm -hmm. with that. And I think that's where that's where we need to be in the present moment. That's where we we really need to sit within the discomfort of like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Well, that's the healing process is when you're in the pain and then you accept that moment and experience the pain instead of avoiding it. Like, I think everyone can relate to being in a let's say a breakup for example a really bad breakup like some people will go into substance abuse for a while or just start doing some random shit yeah (laughs) yeah but just to numb themselves but the only way to really get out of it is like that moment where they cut everything out and they just focus on how they're actually feeling you know it's i think it's also the anticipation or there's more there's like a lot of things that are pulling you away from experiencing that pain and sensation but once you accept it and observe it it's almost like it's like a light switch change, at least in my experience. I love the way you said it, though. Like, that's the point. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that pain gets me, or discomfort. Like, you said it perfectly. I don't even know how to change what you said. Like, you said it perfectly. You, you're disassociating. You're, you're, you're not in the moment uh, because, you're, because there's just discomfort. And you're just going into some kind of shell or some kind of, like, protective mentality. And in, in, in truth, that's a kind of worry because the past made you uncomfortable and now you have these aversions. It's like you said, it's like it's like it's pretty simple, but it's like you can't you can't take it apart. It's it's like basic fucking Zen or like Buddhism or something like that. And and I really have noticed that it kicks you out of the moment. So you have to work through that. But for some reason, I've never said it that way. Like that is the point of the moment. That is the that is the thing you need to do with the pain is to actually look at it, actually manipulate it and. And then the byproduct, sort of like this, the downstream effect is that you end up in the moment because that's what the moment was at the time. And then you kind of take the power away. You kind of deflate it. You kind of define the edges. Instead of it being this bigger, ominous thing in your mind, you really face it 
and mm. that can take months and a bunch of fucking weed or something. It does, who knows? But <laughs> but you, on the other side, you're just you're more you know yourself better. You're more comfortable with your ability to handle yourself and your emotions, and it's just it's so many good things about that. And then you just end up again in the in the moment because it's it's you're just lighter. Mm. Yeah, like you. You've, you basically summed it up, you know, like we do want to retract all the time when it's uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, like it ends up being the catalyst. So we kind of, I feel like we fight with ourselves a lot of like, no, like I can't, especially today, like with this, all this spirituality, like all good vibes all the time. Like <laughs> that is such spiritual, like bypassing, like life is not just like good vibes all the time. Like, no, sometimes there's good, sometimes there's bad. And naturally when something bad happens it's like putting your hand on uh, the stove what do you do it hurts you retract so that's what we want to do we want to retract ourselves but ultimately like if you don't go through that moment or that trauma or that breakup or whatever really is in your sphere mm. in this moment like how how are you going to go into the rest of your life you know without facing any adversity or challenge and stuff and if you don't focus on that moment and you kind of just retract and stay retracted like yeah you will get over it well put like bunny like a uh, quote-unquote but that pattern is just formed and that pattern is going to be another pattern that's going to be reinforced in future events where you need to retract and you're just going to retract wait a few months you'll feel better and then you just continue on and then before you know it you've been doing that for 20 30 years and then your life kind of implodes and then there's like a huge moment of just like a pitfall and it's because of those earlier moments of not facing that trauma or that pain or whatever it is so it's really important to to get present like Edgar Toll Edgar Tolley he always no talks yeah Tolle, I think it's Tolley yeah <laughs> but he talks about that as like that's the pain body is like you reinforce this system and it's kind of grows and the system is avoiding that present moment and it's just like it gets stronger and stronger yeah when people say pain body or like I, I say body of pain because when someone says a body of work like someone's like an academic, they have a body of work. I see a body of pain now. Like I see it that way. You literally have these like hmm. these like memories and and things you can kind of pull from, and almost like uh, references. You know, like the way the way an academic would have references in their body of work. You have you have references in your body of pain, and it's and you're you're describing like a avoidance. You know, like you literally go through yeah. this this. Um, reaction and then you want to justify the reaction because none of that felt good and you're just avoiding the thing that caused the reaction the reason you reacted that way and you're just stepping backwards stepping backwards stepping backwards and then it becomes this unconscious cycle and we lose context and i mean another way of saying context is is the moment we lose yeah. what's really going on right now and it's tricky though because cool. <laughs> it's tricky I though never put it that way yeah. because the like like she was saying about the communities uh, the spiritual communities is a lot of it is like just pushing like positive vibes like oh it's all good vibes yeah. but in a way that could be some clever way of the ego embedding itself in more avoidance it's just like oh good vibes good vibes and they're just hiding the pain under that and yeah it's a, you're preaching something powerful like like good vibes let's be on high frequency but you're you're not cleaning the basement i like to call it it's like there's some shit underneath mm. and it's rotting up so it's like you got to go down and dirty and get your feet wet and get your hands dirty and fix what's ever needed to be fixed underneath and that's the only way to truly be present yeah facing whatever is <laughs> is happening yeah. you know you guys are awesome 
by the way, and this is super great. <laughs> I, I know. I yeah, we're gonna. I just we're gonna do like an like an intro in the edit afterwards. But like, you're a yoga teacher by trade. I might even call you. I might even give you the the name Yogi. I feel like you live it more than most people. But I might be assuming there. I but in the more original term, like there's <laughs> yogis now that are just like Instagram famous and just doing the poses. Like yoga is so That's much the, deeper than that. But I, I wanted to bring it up because I I want like you, like you have a finger on the pulse. Like you're in the, these communities, you know. So I I just want to kind of preface that. Like I really like your opinion is is based in a lot of experience. So I just I just wanted to throw that in there. And I'm you can intro yourself a little bit. Like I said, we're gonna say something at the beginning, yeah. but like feel free to correct me as well i like i i, I consider you a, a friend obviously but i don't feel like i know you that deeply i don't know like what your life is about i don't know what you do day to day i just kind of yoga teacher like that's my that's my <laughs> that's my <laughs> my big uh like hat that i put on you that's fair that's you know what it's a it's a hat that i've worn for uh many years actually so i actually did start uh teaching in 2013 um, I like to say before it was cool to teach because everybody became a yoga teacher <laughs> like post 2015. Um, but I actually, I took a, not a little break from yoga, but COVID obviously made everything a little bit more uh, challenging to teach, obviously, because we're not teaching in studios anymore. So I actually became a, um, became, I embodied being a life coach. I actually took a few more courses and I actually developed um, my own coaching business where I do add a lot of yoga and meditation because I do think that um, yoga meditation one were pivotal in my healing. Um, and I think it's also a good way for people to get introduced to spirituality. Like you can't just tell someone like, Hey, let's go to a shadow work workshop and like face our inner demons. You're like, let's just go to a yoga class and like, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, connect to your body, connect to your breath. Um, so yeah, I'm going to add on to my hat of, uh, being a life coach, but my coaching is very based in spirituality. So we do look at, um, you know, the yoga, ethics and like what it goes like what it means to be a yogi which is just far beyond the mat mm. you know we're not just like doing poses for eight hours a day and like you know and then we're yelling at someone in traffic you know three <laughs> minutes after we leave the class yeah. um we all have our moments i i have mine too obviously um but I really had to work with all these modalities of coaching and yoga and, and spirituality and meditation to really heal myself i mm. Yeah, I had I had a temper. Sometimes <laughs> I still have a temper. Um, I had a lot of trauma that I had to work through from childhood. And I think that, you know, it, it kind of just shifted to like, okay, like, how can I take care of me? How can like, you take care of you, you know, and it really comes down to like, just connecting with self. And I think the easiest way to do that is with yoga. Nice. Yeah. I find a lot of people I met, and myself included, uh, who are who are a little more deep in the practice really fucking just needed it <laughs> and and you know I, to to speak kind of stupidly and broadly we're all nuts like <laughs> we we all we all just really like found something that's maybe like a little i don't know i want to say maybe like secular or a little just speaks to us maybe in some kind of deep way that we can't understand in some kind of a past life way if you want to get into that shit but like the you know, it's a way that other uh, modalities of spirituality have also started resonating through yoga to me, you know, and it's 
it's kind of endless and i i, I just kind of want to call it a like a science of humanity of being human you know of like wellness and and of body and mind and spirit and all the bodies and all the ideas that that can really contain the human experience and when you put it that way uh, hopefully when i put it that way it it kind of takes it, it's very mysterious and very broad, but it kind of takes some of the magic out of it in that sense where people are turned off by it because they're like, oh, no, that's not my uh, box or my, like, religion or my whatever. And it's like, it's everybody's. You know, like, the everyone, uh, most people at this point know yoga means union. And when you think of it in that general sense, uh, it's it's like you and you, you and your body, you your body and your mind, you and other people, you, you and the world, you and your your everything every, anything where there's a thing and another thing hmm. you know <laughs> and it's like a really profound spiritual science in that sense and that's my it opinion. is yeah. right <laughs> it is a science right like it's you know it like it's so ancient and okay because i was actually having this um debate with someone last week because they were telling me that yoga is a um what did he call it? Did he call it a cult? He's like a cult and a religion. And I was like, okay, why do you feel that way? He's like, well, it's based off of like Hinduism. I'm like, okay, it's based off Hinduism <laughs> and Jainism <laughs> and Buddhism. We're yeah. just like, it's, it's a way of life. Mm. Like we're not, you know, there's no, like there's no uh, worshiping of anybody really within yoga. Like, I like a prostration for some schools, but like, yeah. But yeah, I think like that, the, yeah. the the teacher for sure, you know, there's like, you know, we look up to them, but like, I, I don't know, like there was never really like some like entity in like the universe that we were in, in the yoga that I've done that we were kind of like mm. praying to or whatever. It was always like just a way to come back to like self, mm. you know, and just know more about yourself and kind of like go through the deep layers of like, well, like the koshas they call them but i mean like just like layers of self just in plain english mm. um so i just thought it was interesting because some people still think that it's like this religion and like this like you said secular thing and i'm like mm, yeah. i i'm gonna agree to disagree the word cult so. bounces around a lot for sure yeah, i hear that a lot i think it that's just a like a resistance point that they like a term that they throw out to kind of negate yeah. but when you really look into it like at least for the studios i've been to it's the furthest thing from a cult it's just like it's all preaching connecting to your inner self and your breath and your body and your mind and and like it's almost like when you come back from a place you maybe you left for a week or a month but like you come back and you're like this thing works this is this made me feel something new and they're like uh like they get they that's instantly get defensive we got to bring that up that's a good point because this kind of practice can change someone so much and for their circle of friends it can be like a catastrophic change and maybe they're not going to be friends with that same group after because oh, there's a clear resistance yeah there. because yeah. something changed in them and they just realized you know what this this kind of relationship's not serving me and it's nothing to do with with the other people it's how they're responding to it cuz let me give an example cuz i i did vipassana uh, i'm sure you've heard of it the 10 day silent retreat we spoke about it a bunch on the show um but i remember i was telling a group of friends before going that i'm going and then one of my friends was saying, oh, I, I had a, my friend's brother-in-law did it. It's like a cult because he came back. He was completely different. He just dropped all his friends. He's like, now he like goes around barefoot in nature and whatever. 
And I'm like listening to it. I'm like, it's maybe after, especially after the Vipassana, I had a whole other perspective. But I remember like maybe that these people weren't serving him after that. You know, like he came back and realized that he was living, he wasn't living his personal truth, you know, and he kind of needed to just shed those, that relationship. So I can see people seeing these. Yeah. You're going to learn some shit. Yeah. (laughs) So I think (laughs) with some people that go to yoga and they start meditating more and doing some like life changes it can be a shock for their their circle and stuff and that's where it can seem like a cult yeah if you're italian and you tell your parents you stop eating meat or something like <laughs> bro they're gonna have some questions yeah, <laughs> yeah you start meditating twice a day and they're like what the fuck's going on but you know it's it, it's a good thing it's positive honestly yeah i just i think it's a lot of like what happened with like the perceptions of others really that kind of um yeah, it kind of taints it sometimes or like people like will just pass a judgment on like, let's say if you don't know, um, I know I came, well, I come from an Italian family as well. And like when I like, I was always a little bit of a weirdo, like I was always like, not really the black sheep, but like I did weird stuff, you know, so like, <laughs> they're like, oh, you're you're not like eating meat again. Or like, Oh, you know, like when I actually went to Vipassana too. And they were like, Oh, mm. like, you know, you're going to like a cult retreat. And I was like, Listen, guys, I don't know if I come back and like I went from like this amount of anger because like I said, I had my trauma and I had my moments and I come back with this amount of anger. Like, I don't care what it is because mm. I know it's not a cult, but I really don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point is the the proofs in the pudding. Like you said before, it really is a science like but it, the the authority and the the scientist and the results it's all inside and it's hard to give that to the other person sometimes it really only speaks through kind of consistent action that comes from the practice comes from the changes and and even then only some some people are going to really see and accept those changes and i i I like what you said like there's labels also that kind of stop us that have that resistance or maybe we use them to reinforce our resistance like you're talking about the the hindu uh roots uh, of yoga and I, I i i'm not a historian but i read somewhere in a book so i repeat it all the time that like hinduism wasn't really a like a labeled religion you know so that's another thing that you can tell people is like you get this like british colonialism and they, they say okay like they believe in all these deities and blah 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 if you ask like a devout hindu everything's god so that's why they have all these like deities and all these things they don't care they're not worshiping shiva because shiva is god Shiva is of God and is like way closer and like a interesting like di- like a avatar or like a divination of 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 this like corporeal human thing, and we are too. And every single person, you know, the the one guy said, uh, you know, if there's a um, seven million people, seven billion people on the planet, there's seven billion gods. They said it that way, you know. And and another thing I say actually about Vipassana, I just remembered this. If like you, a lot of people jump on it as a cult for all the reasons we just talked about, but I tell them something that blows their mind. Uh, They don't accept money unless you've done the program. They will not take your money unless you've done the 10 days. And that's fucking, that's what other cult is going to, like, like think of the, like put that against like Scientology or something (laughs) like that. It's true. It's, it's night and day. I think that when you're like tapped into something that's greater than yourself, you know, and that really does come through spirituality or like very rarely some, you know, some religious things. Um, it doesn't become about the material anymore. It's like whether you do this or not, like, you know, at the end of the day, like it's just it's serving you. Like whether you come to Vipassana or not, like it doesn't change anything in my life, whether you take 
a yoga class like it doesn't like everybody's just connected within themselves when like in the spiritual community so i think that when people are judging it's because they're so fixated on everything else they're they're fixated on the externals they're fixated on you know what their mother-in-law is doing they're fixating on what their boss said about them like it's always an external projection Mm. because realistically when you tap into yourself like whatever is happening on the outside you're just like okay this is a reflection of my inside perfect let me go within and see what's up that's a great point. And yeah. you, you've kind of solved the mystery I've had of why people are so fixated on what I, like for my person, I'll use myself, like on what I do seems to be a big deal for so many people, whether it's like a seven day fast or just going outside in November, December with a shirt or just, you know, sandals, yeah, <laughs> wearing flip flops in winter, like, like things that are just, I'm challenging myself become such a concern for so many people and uh, in my circle. And they, it's, it's exactly that. It's because they're so fixated externally and when they see someone doing something crazy it's just it's like a like a knee-jerk response panic mode you know yeah and it's like a vipassana where they were uh, you did the one in montebello yeah yeah so yeah. you were under a goenka powerful goenka but yeah he said like a, <laughs> a, <ninja. laughs> a <laughs> but he said like a story where like i'm gonna paraphrase it very briefly but like they asked someone asked like the wife what was going on with the family. She said, oh, if everything was perfect, but my husband changed something, it would be perfect. Then the husband said the same thing about the wife and the son said the same thing about the the mother. The daughter said the same thing about the father. So just everyone had something about the other person that they needed to change. And the whole premise was that no one said anything about themselves that needed to change. But like that was such a powerful moment at my practice. I'm I'm like, yes, that's like the key that's been missing in my life is just that's how you make change is really the inner journey. And that's why the spiritual journey some of the first hurdles when you go on this path is dealing with your environment around you, you know, mm. the resistance you get from your, from your loved ones and your friends. You're still looking outward. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to maybe ever turn that off, but I know I like the way you put it. There's like, once you kind of touch something, especially a, like just a regular, like a daily meditation practice, I think for me is the best for that is just to, to make some space between your your yourself whatever that is your awareness this raw awareness and then the mind and the body and just having this kind of three ways of of experiencing things i, I don't even know if that's the right way of putting it but it's it's hard to describe but having that space having that uh, like moment of intellectual realization that it doesn't have to be all reaction suddenly you start looking at things a little more indifferently again maybe that's not the right word you know like you're still you can still be involved and maybe even more deeply involved because you're less afraid to be involved but you're just less invested in the outcome like we talked about at the top of the episode like Mm. it's it's really liberating (laughs) and it's really like it causes like um it's scary at first it's like a roller coaster but but you're happier like in the long run. It's just that you're letting go of a lot of expectations. You're letting go of a lot of who you think you should be and all these crazy, it, get, it's, it gets, it snowballs. It gets so deep, you know, <laughs> it's, it's mm. like intimidating sometimes, but it's like the work. Like it, what else are you going to do on this fucking planet? <laughs> I mean, other than suffer, if you're just fixated on the outside, like not much. You know, I think that like, and I think that's the reason why so many people are are suffering because it's like, you know, we want to disassociate so much from like what, what's going on um, within us. And like, I'm sure you guys have seen the meme of like, you know, what I thought spiritual awakening was and they're like super happy. And then it's like, really like, but what it really is. And it's like someone like crying and like, you know, 
going through all their trauma. And it's like, you know, how, how do we expect to live in a more state of flow? How do we expect to live in a more state of abundance and grace? If we have, like Nathaniel said, all this, like this, you know, junk or like all of the stuff that's like basically like fermenting at like in our basement you know Mm. if we're not taking the time to tend to that you know so you know everybody kind of wants this like shortcut of like you know just being like zen or like spiritually aware or uh, maslow's hierarchy you know to reach enlightenment but it's like okay but like there are steps that are required and half of those steps are super uncomfortable like the shadow side is not like welcome Alyssa. you know like let me show you a powerpoint of what's been going on like no it just slaps you in the face and you're like oh my god i can't believe i'm still dealing with this because i didn't let it go and over time, it just gets bigger and bigger because the longer you put it off, the more power it gets, you know, and then it kind of feels like it's gone for a while and then it can just come right back yeah. in the worst kind of moments, you know. And maybe in a way, it's always big. Like, I know the the Maslow, you said, like the, the pyramid, I, like the bottom, it's like it's like foundational. I mean, maybe it's kind of bullshit sometimes. Maybe it doesn't always apply, but it's very it's a very good way of looking at it. And maybe there's kind of a deeper metaphor there, like. It, you need that bigger thing. And when it's going wrong, it's like the whole foundation, this bigger thing is a bigger problem. And it just gets more like subtle and more delicate and more uh, piercing as well, like kind of more uh, powerful in a way, but more fragile at the same time because it, it's it's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm losing my, my words a bit, but like there's like, if you picture a, like an actual physical pyramid, you know, like they're, all the pressure on one point suddenly you have all this power because pressure is like the the force but also the surface area so if you just have this dull gross thing and you know at the bottom of the pyramid it's like uh your basic needs are met you know mm-hmm. like your like your like your root chakra like your idea of of uh survival and and security and and food and water and kind of like <laughs> these 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 like basic things so that you can move to the next step let's say Th- if if that's not taken care of it's such mm-hmm. a I, I Sadhguru said it perfectly he said uh if there's a if a man is starving and you're offering him enlightenment that's the cruelest thing it's like like feed him <laughs> just <laughs> like this he doesn't care <laughs> about enlightenment yeah yeah well you you <laughs> nailed it honestly because every time i explain uh maslow's hierarchy in my in my coaching i always say it's it's like the the chakras right like we do need to like really have like the basic needs of the human to be met and like you know like the chances that people didn't have some sort of traumatizing childhood, whether it was partially, whether it was immensely, like whatever it is, like that needs to be dealt with. I think that's more like second chakra, like the second layer of like, you know, the hierarchy, but it's like, essentially you really do need that foundation. It's like building a house, right? If you're, if the foundation of your house is not really like sturdy, it's like made out of straw, like the three little pigs, like, okay, mm-hmm. the one inconvenience happens. And then like, there goes your whole, your whole livelihood, you know, there goes your whole life. And mm-hmm. I think that's why people have midlife crises because like, it wasn't a time Well, like the people that were experiencing them a couple of years ago, when they were younger, they didn't have the tools, let's say to be like, Hey, are all your like basic needs met? Are all your emotional needs met? Like, how's your inner child trauma? Like, have you fixed any of that? You know, like everybody's just going around blindly, kind of like just doing what everyone else is telling them to do. And then we have a bunch of like really sad 
and hurt adults because no one's taking the time to really like mm. look within and be like, do I really, am I getting what I need, you yeah. know, out of my life? And going back to the straw house, yeah. instead of taking the time, you don't have the tools to, to go deeper. You just keep making a straw house. It keeps getting knocked down and it, yeah. and it just makes you kind of panic more and more. When you're in those states, you're like, is this my life now? And is this going to keep happening? And that's kind of a trick of, of the mind because you're just in a, in a profound emotional state and hopefully it's not the rest of your life. And probably most of the time it isn't. But if you keep making those mistakes and you get kind of stuck in a, in a little knot or a loop, then, then you keep reinforcing that belief and, and it's like even more fucked up. Well, that's a, the problem is, is, well, momentum could be a tool and a poison at the same time is sometimes you can mm. be on that state but there's so much momentum behind your work and progress, whatever. So you're just amplifying and then you hit 50 years old where it seems to be like the age for the midlife crisis or 45, 50. And then they just do something absurd. And I think it's because that momentum reached its peak. And then, you know, they got what they've worked so hard to achieve and they realize I've been missing a huge chunk of my life is just not actually fulfilled. And that's why like the midnight midlife crisis is such an interesting phenomenon and so common, everyone can tell them, tell someone about their uncle that decided to buy a Ferrari at like 50 or something, you know, like you hear that story all the time, but it's very interesting. It's like, I think momentum could be so powerful for the good and for the bad, because if you look on the, the inner journey and you start working on yourself, the momentum will carry you in a direction. If you avoid yourself, the momentum will carry you in a different direction, you know, but at some point you're going to have to meet yourself, you know, whether it's now 50 years or at your deathbed, it's going to come back up. It's there, you know. Yeah, totally. And I think that if we take the time, as soon as it comes into our consciousness or like whatever, at some point, like, you know, we're not putting it off till we're 50 years old or like we're not putting it off to our death, like until we're at our deathbed, because like ultimately I feel like the longer we're carrying around this like baggage, the harder and longer it is to sift through, the more painful mm -hmm. it is to sift through where it's like, okay, if you can identify some sort of trauma or limiting belief that happened, like let's say when you were 15 and now you're looking at it like you're 30, like now from 30 on, you have less baggage. You have at least that aspect that's gone. And it makes just living, you know, in a state of flow and a state of grace a little bit easier because you're not jaded or like, hurt about all of the stuff that happened you know mm. and it's not about avoiding it it's really just like okay cool thank you for teaching me i'll move on now yeah thanking it is is upside down for a lot of people it's tough mm. but it it really is it's like a it's like holding a posture for 15 years you know like you're 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 it's a it's an asana in a weird way and then it's hard to move the literal or metaphorical like fascia and and to stretch it out and to kind of take a new shape and those things take time but i just love the way you put it how momentum is is like a good or bad thing and a lot of people mm. i think a lot of people would would uh benefit from hearing that because you when you're in when you're in the spiral up or down you really feel it mm. you start feeling the push behind on the back you know and and it's uh I think I think it is happening earlier for a lot of people. Actually, you know what? There, like we're talking about midlife crisis. There's a stand-up comedy routine on Netflix called Quarter Life Crisis. <laughs> this girl is 25 years old, and she's one of the funniest stand-up comedians I've ever seen. Her name's Taylor Tomlinson, and she's like a fucking genius. Like she's a ninja, and it's like you're 25. Like I was an idiot when I was 25, and and like. I've, I had to do some conscious work. I had so much resistance. I still do. 
I see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel now. I feel like I am the light. Like there's 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 been such a progress. But man, she's there now. I'm like, yo, next gen, go. You know, humans, whatever, 17.0. Thank God, though. I mean, like, thank God that people are waking up. Um, I think that it's like, you know, uh, I think a humanity has reached its limit of like unconscious living. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that like, you know, the sooner... The sooner we have our breakdowns earlier on in life, you know, the sooner we become better parents, right? Like, because we're now more conscious. So we're not raising our children on our projections and on our traumas, you know, the sooner we can move into a state of living for ourselves so that we don't need to have that midlife crisis at 50 years old, because it's like, yeah, you know what, at 25, I decided that I was going to do this for my career instead of what my parents wanted me to do. Mm. They wanted me to become an accountant and I became an accountant now at 50 years old. I hate my life. I'm just going to move to Italy and like tell everybody, have a great life you know like there's we need to find a balance and i think the people that are waking up and having these these moments earlier on it's really going to shape our world i think in a more positive light because we need it i think everybody's just sad adults right now mm. yeah i think if, if i was a kid nowadays and i saw all the writing on the wall like all these all these people who just like you know even our generation was like Hey guys, why did you like fuck the planet up so much? Like, what, like there's that kind of meme almost where it's like you knew what you were doing, but as a species, we have so much momentum and so much immaturity. So it's it's really unfair to like just blame your parents for like the the I don't know name name a natural name a name a you know human disaster of of like nature like a just pollution a, yeah factory farming and and oil spills and like it's not my it's not my dad's fault <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's but at the same time we and then even more the younger kids are are saying what is my fault or what am i what is the thing i can control like not in a blaming sense hopefully even though that is a thing we need to kind of go through and have these crises and even later in life you know it's not a crisis maybe but a midlife change because you're more accepting of of the of everything of just like okay this is not my path let's let's go somewhere else but there there is this um hopefully just this like like, I, I, I avoid Amazon now. Like, I don't buy things off Amazon. Mm. And when I tell people that, they look at me like I have two heads. And, and I'm like, it's fucking doable. Like, uh, go take a walk, go to the store, even though it's COVID, you know, and just figure it out. And, and it, it, I mean, I've said this before, you know, but it's, it's a little off topic. But I don't feel like there's much power left over other than boycotting. And I don't, I don't mean to diminish that. Like, you, like we're literally giving. We have so much power on this planet, and we don't realize it. And it's, and to tell someone that who doesn't feel that, again, it feel they, they look at you like you're crazy. And it's like, well, everyone's got, everyone's carving a path on this planet. We're almost like the sun, the samskaras of the earth <laughs> in a weird way. Like we're, we're making a trail. Uh, we're literally scorching the earth, like with our lives, whether we like it or not. Maybe not as much as like Zuckerberg or Bezos or, or or whatever, but we have so much influence. And even if we didn't, that's the work too. Like, it's unrealistic to say we don't, but the the all of it comes back to uh, everything we're talking about is kind of interconnected. There's just this game of acceptance of always accepting what's coming next and what's coming next and. And sometimes I can't accept something and I accept that. And it's this weird kind of the geometry <laughs> of, of like tricking myself or, or not tricking myself. I don't know. I'm, I'm ranting a little bit, but it's, it's, 
it's uh, not as overwhelming as it used to be to and not as not as far-fetched as it used to be to mm. see the positivity to see that things are so bad sometimes so ruined so like it's it's like it's uh it's foolproof at this point everyone is like okay we we know we know <laughs> we need to do better <laughs> mm. we can fix things there's there's a lot of power there's a lot of ingenuity and there's a lot of hope call me naive but i really think it's just our nature to just to to hit that point right before the point of no return before we actually make a big change at least individually like when someone hits rock bottom like rock bottom would actually be deaths but someone who gets right before that and then just says i got to change my life and just greatness comes out of that i feel like collectively we kind of have to hit that all together in order to really make a big change it's cuz it's like a human nature thing we don't realize until it's happening you know it's so I'm extremely hopeful for the future. Maybe too hopeful. I don't know. Someone correct me, but I just feel like it's our spirit to pull through, you know? Yeah, um, I think I think we came here. I mean, I see so many people that are so in the light or like, you know, wanting to make a difference. And like, that's what kind of like gives me hope. Um, and I see a lot of people that are like taking the time to do their inner work and to be held accountable hmm. right so like kind of like what you were saying before sammy with like you know i'm not gonna blame the previous generation but i mean if i was five let's say and every 40 year old at that time is you know doing things to harm the planet then like my accountability level and your accountability level are a little bit different here because like you had the power you could have made a choice maybe you knew better maybe you didn't know better like no problem but still accept the accountability that like you kind of could have done um something a little bit better and i'm happy that all of these people that you know were on the way of ruining our planet are just getting older and they're no longer as much in power and it is you know our generation now that's getting a little bit you know older we're getting more into the the workforce we're getting more into politics like at the end of the day like our generation is next their generation isn't forever you know mm. of these you know the people that kind of like because they did, I think from like 1970 to like at least early 2000s, like it was just like whatever is like, who cares about the planet? Mm. You know, if we're talking about the planet, who cares about other people? You know, like we're going to just focus on like white, white people in America, British people, like, you know, th there was no like third world countries. Nobody really cared, mm. you know, like it's that is all a result of carelessness or lack of connection with self because if you're not connected with yourself you're going to be completely dissociated with the world around you so you mm. are going to act out of your ego because you know nothing else yeah that trauma response like when you're when you're dissociating and and, and protecting yourself you're missing a lot it's like looking at your phone while driving you know like like you 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 look down for a few seconds but you're missing so many like meters you know like the the train keeps mm. moving so to speak like the car keeps moving it's it's uh it's uh it's weird it's really weird and i think that it's it's almost impossible not to learn and to do better and at the same time there's kind of like a um like you were saying like we need to hit that rock bottom. That's the straw house like we were talking about before, you know, and maybe we got to do that a few times or we mm. have done it a few times in the last like 30, 40 years as, as a human race. And 
it's it's just weird because like even Jesus said like or was it Jesus? Someone yeah. said I, like I am but one man. Like that like that quote. I don't know. I don't remember the context. I don't know where it's from, but it's so powerful for for someone who really knows their place in the universe and to be very powerful and 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 let's say enlightened to say I'm still just one guy. I'm I can change the world, but I can't control everybody. I can't. I, like I need to influence, I need to move in the way that I want to, and that I can, in, in an honest and and kind of um, let's just say love-filled way, and that does a lot. But the human intelligence, the the we're like neurons, you know, like we're we're like organs on the planet. Like we all have jobs. So many humans are so different. Some people uh, are stronger physically, mentally, some people focus more, some people are more creative, some people this, some people that, like we have celebratable differences, you know? And there's so many growing pains with all of that because like you said, there's this kind of colonialization mentality, British or Western or, or, or whatever, you know? And it turns into these weird things and I like racism and, and the real divisions are in my mind, intelligence and and wealth and those are still kind of artificial this is a this is another topic but the I, the point is that even if we were all on a playing field we would all be very different and want to do very different things and kind of find our families that are not necessarily blood you know and and that's just a microcosm of the fact that we are all literally blood and that's like overwhelming in a good way i don't know what the word is like that's really exciting and it's like like we're starting to see this like that's the deeper part of the presence is that mm -hmm. i am the singular human but i also am part of this human family and when you like it's it's almost it's I, I i'm hearing myself it almost sounds a bit cliche but it's like it's just fucking true it's just literally true and it feels good you know and people who are feeling lost and depressed and they feel like they have no place in the world like i i recently went through like a pretty long like uh, depression, like a like a few months of just like almost a year, and I was I didn't I, like the eventually it was just finding tricks of like being it's I mean not tricks but really just accepting what's going on, accepting the things I am, the things I'm not. I was forced to, and one of the things that happened a few months ago that was really re like relieving to me was just saying like I need a mission, I need to be proud, I need to like be a human being in this fucking planet, and I couldn't really find anything. And so I told myself, just be a good person. You know, like the Dalai Lama says, like, if you can't help, just don't hurt. Hmm. And that was, and that's good enough. And good enough is good enough. And, and then I realized how actually profound that is. Like, to really spend the time and to, to turn something into my mission, even though it seems small. I, you know, I'm not Bill Gates. I don't have a bajillion dollars. I'm not, like, able to really control the world in this physical landscape through the economy, through money, through power, but my power that I admit and that I find, I go down to the ground level of my actual present moment, and it's like, just don't be a dick, you know, and that's, that could be actually pretty hard sometimes, but, but it's not impossible, hmm. and then it's a, it's a thin layer of the foundation, but it's like, you do a lot of thin layers like that, like you're 3D printing, and the thing is so solid, and I'm feeling that now, and I love it, and I'm ranting a little bit, so I'm gonna stop. But like that, that thought, boom. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll quote Jesus again. There's just the, we're talking a lot about foundations, and I heard this a few times. It's like Jesus said, like build your home on stone, not on sand. 
And what he's talking about is that sand blows away, right? So you can have your entire house built on sand and then it's gone. But on stone, it's there. It's it's solid. It's secure. And that's the layers. You got to go all the way back to that and add the cement or chip away till you find stone, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's where your, you know, your spiritual journey really just kind of like happens. I think most of us end up on a spiritual journey because we've reached a, a dark place or we, because we've reached rock bottom and we have no choice, but to, you know, rebuild. Right. And I remember one of the things that like my father had told me when I was like really deep in um, my depression was that, you know, he's like, you, you brought yourself so low that like, if I come in and get you, like, I'm, I'm just coming down with you. And so I kind of use that metaphor of like, you know, okay, like, how am I going to rebuild? Like, I've clearly reached rock bottom. And like, am I building myself on something that is substantial, like my connection to myself and really listening to my soul? Or am I building myself back up, which sorry, the, the point of myself was like, you know, my connection to myself was like the stone or am I building myself up, you know, with things that are, <clears throat> excuse me, menial or external or what people want from me, which is like the sand, you know? So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, how do we build ourselves back up and what tools are we using? Is it for someone else or is it really to the greater benefit of our inner being? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I like you, you both touched on it like sometimes yeah. you got to dig deeper instead of trying to just build back up in, in like a flimsy and like transient mm. way and it's uh or i mean like i i did and i'm sure a lot of people did like before you hit that that deeper depression you don't admit that it's falling apart and you try to just get back to the height you were at before but you're using sand mm. you know you're not you're not finding that bedrock you're not finding that that true stability but all that sand in between is expectation, like we talked about before. So there's so much pain to get there. And then you're just sitting there and you're finally on the strongest ground you've ever been, but you don't even realize it at first. You know, and I, a friend of mine actually sent me a photo, Johnny, we have him on the podcast often. And uh, I, I was when I was in the middle of my depression and I, I sent something to him, I was looking at my face and I said like, wow, this is when I was like really depressed. And, and I said like, I, d I don't I didn't realize then how light I had become, but I can see it in the photo, even though I was like miserable, I had let go of something that I really that just wasn't serving me anymore. <laughs> the dog's having a nightmare. Hey, doggies. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like when you, you know, you let go. Like you don't just let go and it's like, oh, wow, I feel so much better again. Like, I feel like people really think that there's like this, like, it's just instant, you know, we get instant gratification, we get instant results, but like, it's, you know, the inner work will require work. Like it's difficult. And like, you know, I'm going to, we're going to keep using this, um, sand analogy but I mean like if we kind of like you know Sammy you were saying how like you know you had your layer of like the sand and like you know that that was like what you had to kind of break through like imagine we were just sitting with sandbags on top of us like how heavy would that be how like how much do we have a hard time breathing you know because it's so we think sand is so fine and it's so light but if there's a lot of sand like that could really just be like just I don't know the, the words escaping me but like it's just catastrophic for us you know mm. so we kind of have to like really just understand that 
getting to your spiritual place within is not like a walk in the park at all. Yeah, I, I can continue the metaphor in a cool way. Like sand is kind of has this kind of absorbing property because it's granular. You know, the fact that it's a flimsy foundation, the fact that like like you'll end up in it. And as we talked about before, we need a kind of healthy detachment. Uh, and that's in truth, in knowing, you know, like not not being uh, flippant about life, but not being in invested in a way where when eventually, inevitably, the outcome is not what you expected, that you flip out or that you, you fall back to the bottom. Like you have a true kind of like uh, space, you know, maybe the foundation thing doesn't work so well. Maybe you just need sky. You know, you just kind of walk the earth in, in in a kind of naked way and you don't have a home. You don't have that foundation in that sense. You just be the home. I don't know. Now that now the analogy is falling apart a little <laughs> bit, but I just like that idea that that sand like you'll you'll sink into the sand and it'll become something you rely on f to, to be stable uh, and it will never stay stable long, like we're saying. Well, you know what? Let's just continue on that, for example. So now let's say we're on a beach, okay? And we're walking in the sand, yeah. right? Our feet kind of like, have you ever tried running in the sand? Like it's heavy. You can't really bitch, like yeah. <laughs> run properly. You can't lift your foot. But if you're walking on, you know, something that's sturdy like rock. Okay. Yeah. There's a little bit of like, okay, wow, this hurts. There's a little bit of like a crevice here. Okay. I kind of like fell into there for a second. But generally speaking, there's more of a stability. There's more mm. of something that's like, it supports you. So I think when we're in this place of like, kind of like, we could think of the rocks like bricks, you know, we're like laying bricks and we're laying our foundation. It's, it's much sturdier. And I think the, the bounce back is then that much more supported. If we do have an expectation and it falls through, you know, we have that sturdy stability under us. That's mm. not flimsy because we've taken the time to lay our bricks and lay our stones properly and you can take the next step and propel yourself whereas if your layers are on sand you're just going to keep sinking at the bottom yeah i like that you can't yeah. push off sand yeah you can't move forward you have to have that insecurity again where you're like oh no i'll just stay here i'll just keep building here like you can't mm. propel you can't take a good step or a good kickoff or whatever you want to call it yeah and then water comes and then it's all like you know it's it gets all mushy and then like it changes and then like it becomes a whole other substance like if water hits rock it's rock mm. like nothing happens you know if uh, a stone catches fire not doesn't much. just yeah. gets hot <laughs> you know um not really sure what happens to sand but i'm assuming it's gonna burn but like you know what i mean like I there's mean, like the sand. element the external elements don't end up yeah. as detrimental to us depending on the stability that we have within ourselves I like the analogy, though, as rain or water, it can be external factors, how it can affect your foundation. If it's sand, it's just going to yeah. just get sticky and muddy and pull you in more. Rock, it's kind of just going to drip off and evaporate. I think if you heat sand, it turns into glass. I think it depends on the type <laughs> of sand, but like, I just wanted to throw that out there because a lot of people don't know that. I know you can make Greek coffee in sand, like you oh, heat yeah? the sand in a certain way. Um, what? No, no, you have to like you have to like melt sand. When I'm when I'm talking about glass, like you have to you have to like this is like crazy temperatures. Yeah, uh, like if you see, uh, I forgot what it's called now, petrichor. No, that's the smell of rain. The, there's a weird there's a weird word somewhere in my brain. Petrichor. I might find it. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird word like that. But like the when lightning hits sand, it's so much energy. It's so hot. It creates this kind of like splash, 
and it turns to glass. So you have this Ooh. crazy like form, and it's like, this unique, weird fingerprint of this like crazy burst of energy. Whoa. Totally off topic. But I mean, that's pretty we, cool. Though. That's very cool. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name right yeah. now. It's it's escaping me. But whatever. You know, <laughs> uh, there's something I want to ask anyone who's any who's like a deeper into yoga. I love asking them, "What the fuck are chakras?" Mm. Like, is this a? Oh. Yeah, like it. Like I love chakras. I, <laughs> it, you know, like is are they sense organs? Can we live a better life through them? Or do they need to be maintained in some way? Like, what the fuck are chakras? Totally. Okay. Totally. I love chakras. So first of all, <laughs> chakras are not. Um, you can't really find them in the body. It's more of like. Um, you could kind of think of it like a vortex within the body. So it's like an energy center, but you can't tangibly touch it. Um, and they definitely do need to be maintained. So it's kind of like, you know, like you go for, you go maintain your car, you get your oil change, your tires change, all these things. Um, you really do need to be, you know, taking inventory of the different chakras and how, how balanced they are. So they could be overactive, they could be underactive, or they could be balanced. Um, so ideally we do want all of our chakras to be the same size. You can think of them as like balls of energy or like whatever that are just along your spine and they kind of just like chill there. Um, and let's say like one of them is imbalanced, then like the one on top and the one on bo on the bottom of like the middle one, let's say that's imbalanced will naturally get in balance as well because it's like a flow of energy right mm. um what was your other question about the chakras i just kind of i just i was just like what the fuck are they i i put the word fuck in there on purpose because it, like, it just seems like very <laughs> what elusive the fuck is the chakra yeah i'm like gonna a, write a book I, about that that's, that's, that's the clip called. what the fuck are the shot yeah <laughs> i just have this weird it's hard to describe but like the way the way our consciousness is kind of emergent or, or maybe able to be tuned in by the body or the brain or, or all the neurons or whatever mm. like it's hard to describe the other bodies to people it's hard to understand that they're happening simultaneously they create each other in a weird way and and for me the chakras are this kind of like you said they're intangible it's a very spiritual concept it has a lot to do with how we feel and how we're maintained physically and emotionally and mentally and and yet, in space and time, it creates this kind of point, this kind of place. So it's really, it can be abstract for people, but it's not for me. I just have a hard time putting it into words, and I just love getting other people's words on it. So that's, I'm, I'm, I don't want to load the question too much, but I just wanted to know, like, how do you see them? How do they function to you? Like, you were doing a great job. You can keep going. I see it as the force. You guys ever watch Star Wars? Obviously, you've watched Star yeah. Wars. Okay, yeah. So it's basically <laughs> like the force, you know? And they always, they talk about, like, the metachlorions, which I think are, like, the meridians, which are, like, smaller, like, channels basically within our, our body but it's all just channels of energy mm. you know and depending on the energy that we have um the energy that we carry the foods that we eat the media that we consume the relationships that we have like this is all going to come and affect our inner being and i think that where the chakras come in it's because it's a it's an easier way to categorize how you're taking care of yourself so like okay mm. let's go with the root chakra how are my how are my basic needs being met Kind of like Maslow's again, like how is my family life? How is my home life? How how is my sense of security within the world? Like how is my financial situation being taken care of? Like if you feel like all of these answers are like really bad, then you know your root chakra is 
this is an indication that your root chakra needs work. If you have the tendency to constantly disassociate, if you have the tendency to constantly want to be anywhere but where you are, maybe your crown chakra is a is in need of some attention. So I think that it kind of just becomes like a map of how you can spiritually tend to yourself by using one chakra at a time. Yeah, and I love how you said that they, like the middle one will will kind of tend to the top and bottom one because I've always had this understanding or kind of story in my head of how they're connected. And it's very much about evolution. And it can be the species or, or an individual and and... It's, it's like a story in a way of how you are cellular, you know, you are, you need these basic needs met. And, and I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before, but like you move to the second chakra and this is like about de- development and about uh, uh, sexualization and about a kind of like a physical maturity. And then ha- that bleeds into the ego and how you compare yourself to other people and, 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 and everything else that comes with the ego, but that's where it comes from. And then from comparing others and meeting others, you get this kind of love uh, chakra idea again. And from there, you get communication. You get the, like, through love, you get real communication with yourself and others, you know? And then that that could kind of loosely describe the throat chakra. Again, these are, like, westernized, Mm. kind of, like, watered down, but still very much, like, true and and, uh, useful, like you're saying, like like a map. And then through through deeper communication, you learn more than you ever could w- with one life, you know. And through that, you start seeing behind the veil and getting that third eye understanding. And then once you see behind the veil and you see everything is fucking God, you you hit the crown chakra and you realize you're going up like this, but the energy's coming down, and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm trying to be you and you're trying to be me, and it's like, yeah, I'm like sweating from that. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was a really good analogy. And I think this is like super pertinent to what we were talking about before. I forgot who told me this a couple of years ago, but they were kind of using like the state of the world as like going through the chakras. So like the first hundred hundreds of years or maybe like the thousands of years, like, you know, there was, you know, it was all about survival. It was all about, you know, being, you know, taken care of, being sheltered, finding a community, you know, making sure that you had food we were hunting and gathering and then like kind of like let's say the renaissance time you know we or like when um when we started like building stuff it became more creative we became we started populating the earth we started you know art came out of it out of it you know like i said the renaissance like that's when all like the major artists started coming out and like really listening to like their intuition and now we're in the state of like capitalism which i like to call the third chakra because like you know we're like the imbalanced solar plexus chakra it's all about greed it's all about Mm. the ego and i hopefully we are switching to a state of compassion the fourth chakra you know where it's like love of self and others unconditionally and like the chakras this is like super basic but it's the best way to explain it i always say the first chakras are the physical world the last three chakras are the spiritual world and the heart chakra is what merges the two is what kind of keeps the balance between the physical and the spiritual world Hmm. hopefully we're kind of merging to that because that's so cool. Like it, it seems that way. I mean, there's we're reaching like a peak of chaos in terms of everything right now. Mm. So it's <laughs> what comes after chaos is usually a good way of putting. <laughs> yeah, but in any type of scenario, you you kind of see we're we're kind of at the red line, and what usually comes out of that is just like you can't stay in chaos for too long. There becomes compassion and like 
something new. And I guess a lot of people get scared because we're in the chaos. Sometimes that's all you can see, but it's it's no different than the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. It's you know it's like a very chaotic moment, but usually transformation and beauty comes from it if we make it through that. That's like the moment in history that everyone's talking about right now. I wanted to ask you, do you know anything about the the yugas? No. Uh, well, actually, yes, I do. My first, um, my first yoga teacher, uh, I went to Kali Yuga Yoga, um, and oh, it was, yeah. I Peter, think he right? was calling it like the dark, yeah, so it was the dark ages, mm. I think. Um, that's all I know. Very okay. basic. And I haven't seen that teacher in years, so I would okay. love to hear your insight on that. I don't know too much about it. I just know that everyone's talking about, like, we're ending in the, because the yuga, Sammy, I think you know more about this, but there's like four... I forget the details. Yeah. yeah, there's like four cycles. And I think each cycle is like 26,000 years or something like that. Or yeah. 2,600 years, something like that. No, it's in the thousands. The, yeah, it's, it it's a like, big amount. And right now yeah. we're ending, like we're coming to the end of the Kali Yuga, which is like... The, the dark. Yeah. And then I think after that is like the feminine energy and all that something. That's the next transition after. So we're like ending the, the masculine, like drive forward. And we're going into like this more compassionate, loving world is is the next stage of the Kali. Like, I'm I'm butchering it. Anyone who knows more about this is probably I've, pulling yeah. their hair, but... Yeah, but you're getting it better than I am. Like, <laughs> like yeah, because I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have described it that way, but that's mm. beautiful. Like, we're, we're... There's an aggressive imbalance. Yeah. You know, it's obvious to most of us. And, and there... And a lot of that has to do with... You both just talked about it. Uh, the lack of love for, for self and for other. And, yeah. and the byproduct, like, the, the result of that... The symptom that happens is putting the economy first. Even in our language, like when you watch the news, like COVID is like destroying people's lives, and like the the policies on top of the the the, the sickness are way worse than the sickness. And uh, the, the, the on the news, they still talk about like money. They don't. They don't. They talk about like jobs. They talk about the economy. They like it's it's like it's it's uh, deplorable. I think is a good word. So that's, that's like, that's what we're missing. But that being missing becomes a call to action. You mm. know, if you, if you look at like Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, like there's a need, there's a vacuum now for love, mm. this huge space. And it's just going to be filled. There's going to be this pressure point where it, it can't be held anymore. And it's going to like osmosis. It's just going to suck in this love, uh, yuga whatever the next yuga is <laughs> called it's going to be like yeah let's go yeah and it's it's i like that because it's like hopefully a spiral but it, they talk about it like it's just an endless cycle and we're just kind of fucked but it's fun <laughs> it's like all right let's go yeah. i mean i i think this is my last rodeo on earth i'm not super down to incarnate back because this has been <laughs> one hell of a ride um but i i think that like you know on an evolution perspective like this um the what you mentioned, Nate, and also like the chakra of like you, the chakras of being like in, you know, we're like leaving the third to kind of go to the fourth chakra. Like that's kind of what gives me hope within all this, because um, anybody that, you know, questioned the narrative years ago, um, not just like what's been going on the past year, but everyone that was kind of skeptical about like, you know, how the world was run and all this, like everyone knew that there was something coming. 
but maybe it wasn't like a conspiracy theory maybe it was really just our souls knowing that there was something greater that was coming and that's why everybody was like oh yeah earth they need help perfect like i volunteer like okay cool i'm going if he's going and like <laughs> now we're all stuck here but <laughs> you know what i mean do you um i i, I wanted to, i don't know how much time we have left. Uh, do you um I feel like there's a division in uh, in like these these circles and like your in your milieu like in your work uh, circles and a lot of people uh, it's more physical and more 3D and more tangible and there's there's a group of people who are maybe on, on the extreme about like aliens and reincarnation and somewhere in the middle maybe reincarnation is a little more grounded and and past lives and all these things and I'm 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 just prefacing my question which is like do you have you have a do you have an experience of this like uh, through your practices like have you um felt this or remembered things or like have been in some kind of hypnosis states where you kind of experience like memories of past lives like do you, do you have a knowing um that's personal mm. for, for yeah, yeah i've i've had a um a couple of those actually one of them was with tanya um oh yeah yeah so i took a few a few courses with her and um i did always believe like from young that i had like past lives so i was able to kind of like um tap into them only really when it's time to tap into them like i can't just like sit into a meditation and be like oh bring me back to my fifth life like the one that i had <laughs> five times before i came here um i think it, it usually like these things kind of like present themselves when they're in our sphere of to either like heal something like let's say a past karma or some sort of like past life trauma that you went through that is now being surfaced like that for you to clear mm -hmm. and at the same time of just being like oh wow like i have this gift like one of my um one of my past life re regressions that i had actually done with tanya was i i had seen myself like kind of like in this underground place and i was like reading and rewriting scrolls and i was like wow that makes so much sense because like from the time i was like 10 years old i was like i'm gonna write a book like i have something to write and like i i started seeing tanya i was like 23 or 24 and i was like wow like this is actually like i've been doing this like my <laughs> yeah. previous lives i i was writing i was reading i was literally taking scrolls and like rewriting them into another one to kind of like preserve them i guess like it was a while ago clearly like nobody's a, like using a scroll now <laughs> like yeah kind of what, can i just can you uh, can you explain what that session was like like what's going on in that moment to to, to have that kind of visual and experience that it's like a meditation, to be honest with you, where like someone is like facilitating you just kind of like going back into your past lives by tapping into your Akashic records. So okay. for people that don't know um, what an Akashic records is, the best way to describe it, I think, is like a massive library where you can kind of like go into your past because like there are records of this. So this teacher... Um, she would kind of just like put us in a meditative state and we were obviously used to doing it because we were taking classes with her so she would often put us in these meditative states and then through that meditative state like she kind of like just describes something and then you go somewhere on your own hmm. it's like it's like she's describing it but like you're also leading yourself to it mm -hmm. um and it was just really funny because i remember at that point she was she was she described something and i was like um I had seen myself dancing, which was so weird. And I was like one of the first to share. And then this other girl, like maybe like 
five people after me she was like that's so weird i saw you dancing too and i was like that's super weird because like we don't even know each other <laughs> what's, um what's so Tanya's i schools? think it's like the group sorry oh I, I don't mean to interrupt you sorry i just no, forgot no, her no, i forgot her 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 like her school studio name yeah shanti clinic shanti clinic she's yeah i, I know her, like she's a good friend of mine's mom and i've just known her for years and like she just wasn't in that world when i first met her and now she's like a fucking shaman like she's powerful yeah she's Tanya. so yeah. cool oh. she's like really really cool there i've my friends and i have gone to her a lot for her sessions of like um clearing past life trauma and stuff like she's really good with um kind of tapping into your just your past and like you know like let's say um relationships with people so a lot of times like let's say we you know, like we break up with someone and we feel like there's unfinished business or we feel like, you know, like when we meet them before, like when, when we meet them, we feel like we've known them before. It's usually because there's some sort of past life connection. And she was really good at being like, you know, this person was in your life for like this, this, this. And like, did you learn a lesson? Because if not, like it's gonna, this lesson's going to come back, you know? Um, hmm. So she's really cool. Tanya from Shanti Clinic. Tanya Lakeev. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. She's a... Uh... She's hard to read, but it, uh, but she's so like you quickly find that the she, Russian aspect. It's the of ru- her. It's, she's ru- it's, she's it's super. Just, she's, I'm telling you, I like think, she's like she super Ukrainian? Russian, and they're just colder yeah. people. Yeah. Like you know, it's hard to read. Yeah. Stoic. That's what they are. Yeah. They're very stoic people. That's a tough culture they come from. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's like a no bullshit they culture. Don't say bye when they hang up. It always threw me off. I love it. I would just be talking to her. It's like, hey, could I talk to Gle-? like her, her son, you know, like my friend? And then she would be like, oh, no, he's not here right now. I go, oh, okay, uh, uh, well, thanks. Have a good one. She goes, okay, click. <laughs> yeah. And I, would yeah. Just, I was like, did you just hang okay. up on me? Like, I'm, I'm like Canadian. It's like you say bye like six times. You say sorry a few yeah. times. Like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh, but she uh, she was very, I wasn't ready when I first met her. And like, I even I even t- did a few classes. Like I was trying to like do my own kind of yoga career. And, and she was kind enough to give me her space. And uh, I just wasn't uh, down at the time. I wasn't mm. like able to, but she was great. She was so encouraging. And any little thing that I had any kind of knowledge or skill about, she's like, you should teach that. And I was like, what? Like, what did you, <laughs> like, I can't teach this. I'm, be- I'm learning about it. She's like, who cares? Just go, just do. And I was like, uh. <laughs> she's really, she's really, really something, honestly. Like, she was a really good teacher, um, like, on my journey, honestly. Mm, she's. Yeah. I think we all need that. And like, you know, they, it's like that age old quote, like when the student is ready, the teacher comes. And I think like, even if you weren't ready in that moment to necessarily teach it, the fact that she believed in you so much, like maybe when it is time for you to teach it, you'll remember that like, Hey, she told me like five years ago that I should be teaching it. And now look at me now Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. Uh, but uh, you you were saying also that you you had the I, I interrupted you because I got excited but like you you <laughs> you were saying you had this kind of collective experience like you were doing this group meditation thing that was guided I've done some similar stuff with uh, with uh, Rebecca Hayden we've had her on the podcast and it's like she's gonna walk you through some stuff but she's gonna ask you a lot of questions so you're filling in all the blanks uh, and then but you're saying that someone else uh, saw what you saw. So like, was there other stuff like that? Like you guys had this kind of singular experience? Or no, was that just... was super weird. That was the only, that was the only <sighs> person that had any like correlation or connection and mm. everyone else had just had their own experience. And I didn't see her in her, like in my experience, like she just happened to see me. 
I don't know. That's really that was cool. pretty bizarre. I always have this wonder because I used to practice lucid dreaming and things like that, and I always have this concept. Uh, I've never looked into it much. I don't. I wouldn't know what to Google if you want to put it that <laughs> way. But um, there's this kind of inner space, and it's kind of uh, unreal or kind of made for the individual. And maybe things can enter, but and maybe you can leave, and then you get into these concepts of like astral projection and and who knows what, and and. Maybe it's not called that in the plant medicine circles, but we talk a lot on podcast about like shared collective spiritual mm. experiences where people are like in a room together. Maybe they drank ayahuasca or maybe they're maybe they're stone cold sober, but they're doing a drum circle or something or they're doing a deep like meditation or whatever. And then they're talking to each other afterwards about this shared space yeah. and these experiences that they totally had together, even though they were kind of just sitting quietly <laughs> it's frequency i think it's just you're yeah. both the group or whoever is just tapping into the same radio signal ra same frequency i had it at vipassana actually now that you're talking about it i remember there was a guy on my right and i just remembered i was in like a i don't know I, like i think it was towards the end of the whole vipassana where he's introducing like the the other type of meditation called like meta or something and that's just like giving out love to the universe and to everyone and i just remember it I just felt like the guy next to me was having a tougher time. And I just remembered like just sending him every possible um, bit of love that I had to him. And I'm just like, you got this. I was just saying this in my mind. And then when, you know, the, when the person is over, everyone can talk and stuff. Like he came up to me, he's like, bro, you saved me. And like, we hugged, you're not even supposed to touch there, but whatever. And he's like, you saved me that night, that, that meditation time. I'm like, I'm like, you did, you felt that. Cause I fucking felt that. man. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I just felt like this energy coming from you. And I ju it just felt like this pull, this rush. And I'm just like, dude, I was sending you every possible intention that you could think of. And like, how do you describe that to the layman? Like that, that's, we were at a different frequency and we were connecting at above the physical world. Send it, you send him positive vibes. Yeah. We talk about, we say that all the time on, on like Facebook or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you it's did it. It's a true concept. Like I think yeah. really sending people good vibes is like, it's, it's true, you know, and I think that, you know, Nate, like you nailed it of like just being like on the same frequency or just being in a different plane, right? Like, mm. you know, right now we're in the 3D, but maybe we're going to both be in the same place in the 5D because we've both tapped into that area within ourselves. And it's like, hey, what's up? You know, like, yeah. that's cool. Um, I, I feel like I feel like souls have that a lot, like in dream time, you know, yeah. we're like, you kind of like dream of someone and then like, you know, like you feel like it's, it's not just a dream. Like you're actually um, like connecting, you know? And I, I feel this a lot. Um, one of my friends passed away a few years ago and I feel like when there's certain dreams that I have of him where I'm like, it's just like a memory and I'm just dreaming about you because like, I, I, I miss you. And then there's some times where like, I'm like, dude, like we really just, we went on the same, we got to the same place. Maybe I also mm. projected, I don't know what, but like, we're at the same place and mm. like it's really nice to be in your vibe you know you know some people that might be skeptical of these kind of conversations right now is i a good example is just think of like a concert when you go to a concert something changes like if you listen to music on your own it's like whatever it's you can get into like a nice state but if you go to a concert that's like a that's almost alchemy that's like a collective group and the frequency just gets raised the, the longer that night goes we're all just on like this weird playing uh, this field of just like unison and I, I whoever's been to a like a concert can definitely relate to this it's just like it, there's like a moment where everyone just like peak consciousness in that room and it's just above 3d it's like we're we're just 
we're we're all together in this elevated raised consciousness environment and it's you can see that in in um in in uh concerts you can see it in, in comedy rooms when there's like a really good com- comedian on stage the whole room is just elevated and it's like it's it collective sounds, it sounds like church too yeah yeah i was just going to say yes. that like church you know everybody's like elevated like everybody's like in the same space and mm. it's it's really because we're all tuning into the frequency That's you know it. like there's all like there's just you know especially in concerts you know it's like okay like everything's going to kind of like slow down and it's like, okay everybody just kind of take this moment and like everybody's just kind of like mm. going into that space same thing with church you know there's that moment of silence um mm. so i think it is very possible for people to kind of like tap into like the same energy i just think that it's such a foreign concept to us that we actually well it shocks me when it happens and i mm. think it's just you know we kind of see it as being far-fetched because we're like what do you mean we're yeah. going to tap into the same frequency you know it used to shock me until i started going to these ayahuasca ceremonies like the whole concept of shared con- like connected uh group setting type of things like ayahuasca for i don't know if it was like that for you but now like 100%. the more i go though they they have like their set of music that they always play and there's a lot of regulars that kind of show up more and more so we're learning the tunes and now there was like a, the past few ceremonies i went to it's like <laughs> we all knew the lyrics to most of these songs and we're all on ayahuasca just singing these songs out loud as a group and i just remember like i felt like waves and it just the waves were getting higher and higher and the waves were just more voices getting involved and it was just it just took you up to like the highest level you can get to and i remember my ex told me that in judaism they do there's like a lot of prayers that are said out loud uh collectively in unison and the whole idea of these prayers are to create like a wave of consciousness to just shoot you into like the spirit world let's say and to a higher level right. yeah and it's like the it's like very repetitive and you see that in like repetitive drumming in like these sh- shamanic drumming circles it's just the beat the longer it goes on, the more repetition it goes on, the the higher frequency it's going to bring you. And there's something to say with like collectivism in a group setting, you and know. Sound, yeah. And some, it's like almost it's like prayer and intention prayer. too. Mantras, yeah. you know, you say yes. an om at the end of the class, and like everybody kind of like is like oming at the same time, and we're all reaching yes. this vibrational frequency, and it's like for three seconds maybe, like we're all just like. Like mm. really just in that place. Um, so yeah, I think it sounds vibration and, you know, the power of plenty, right? Just having a lot mm. of people with the same intention That's when it. you're chanting mantras and like everybody is just kind of repeating the same thing. We all have the same intention right now. So naturally, I think that like we're affecting the frequency around mm. us. We, just because we we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not, it can't be manipulated by our thoughts or by our feelings or by our, our sounds, our vibration. That's what I'm thinking. Like, that's why a concert could be like that spiritual moment is because everyone's, or pretty much, I would say 90% of everyone's intention going is to have a good time. And it's just like, you know, like that's a beautiful intention, you know, to just have a good time. And then everyone there is having like this collective agreement that we're, we're here to have a great time. And that's where if enough of them are thinking that it's just going to grow into this like uh, elevated state. For sure. I think it's totally. also the, the, the performer. Yeah, when they when they realize that they're a conductor of this energy a little bit, and like you 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 said it a little bit, like there's at a concert there's moments where you it, the energy comes down and then it comes back up, and it's kind of like the 
like there's individual songs, but they they almost wrote like one long song. Like that, like most people, anyone who's a fan of music, a good album has a kind of theme or a kind of energy to it, hmm. and and that can be really fun and really like, and like it's it's almost like there's different uh, bus stops for people to get on. So as the concert goes, mo- there's more and more people on the same bus. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the same thing with a yoga class. Yeah, exactly. I think it's all about our, just the, the intention that we have coming into it and like, you know, just the intention. Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. Intention is everything. Intention, attention, all the tensions. Not tension, though. <laughs> not no tension. <laughs> no, Releasing tension with intention. Yeah. And like attention. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, I mean, like, uh, we could we could probably wrap it up soon. Um, but I was just curious. Um, I, I, like, th- there's, there's kind of schools of yoga or, um, mm. uh, let's say, avenues all leading to the same place. But I was just curious if there's one that kind of resonated with you more I uh, or if you just kind of use all of them. Like the way I learned it, I know there's different names from, di- from different schools, but like there's uh, uh, Bhakti and, and Jnani and, uh, or Jnana, I guess, and uh, Raja and, and Karma Yoga and it's, or Kriya Yoga for some people. Like there there's, uh, I, I don't know, like I feel like I, I need a, uh, a lot of raja and i just need to meditate and do postures and that's the easiest way for me to get deep and a lot of a lot of like scripture helps and blows my mind and conversation and satsang if you will uh but i've met bhaktis i've met people they they never do a posture you know they they just pray all day or 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 chant and and that's their way to enlightenment if you will and i'm just curious if you have like a a preferred kind of one that resonates with you uh or no one, no. I honestly, I feel like I, I feel like I really just kind of like go with the flow. Like I kind of just, you know, if some days I want to do more postures, if some days I, I want to like, there were periods where I wouldn't even like practice as much. And I would just do just more meditating than anything else. Um, and then there was just, you know, like, okay, like what kind of human being am I going to be? Um, so I kind of just kind of fell into that and I just, you know, I feel like humans are always evolving and I think that we're never really at the same place anyway. So Mm. I kind of just go with the flow and go with what I need. Um, but I think like not, not in terms of any of the ones that you mentioned, but I feel like the Ashtanga practice is probably like my most go-to just because I feel like it has kind of like all of the foundations, like it has like, you know, the dristi and the one pointed focus, it has like the the aspect of like, you know, being in a meditative state and being in a flow state, but it's also like extremely vigorous. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a hardcore practice. Um, So that's probably what I'm going to gravitate to rather than a particular uh, category Mm -hmm. per se, because sometimes I just, yeah, I just go with my flow. Yeah, they sound more like tools, I guess, instead of schools. And like, you don't have to pick one. You have to just see what's useful in the moment. And I mean, I've never done Ashtanga deeply, but I've seen classes. And it's kind of like what we were talking about with the concerts. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knows what to do uh, in, in like the intermediate and higher levels. And they're, everyone's breathing at the same time. And it's like a, it's a fucking... It's, it's quite a, elevating. It's a trip, yeah. yeah. 
it's so beautiful, you know, mm. just like watching like a Mysore practice of just, you know, like you're doing your series, you're doing your primary, you're doing your secondary, whatever it is, whichever level that you're on, but you're so immersed in it. And like, you know, it's just like, it's from eight to nine and everybody from eight to nine is just doing their own thing. But there's that ever present, like, union of breath that mm. we're all breathing the same type of breath and that we're all focused and like you know we're all on our mat but we're all in the same room mm. you know so there's that collective and individualness as well personally it's my favorite honestly and i've i've, I've studied and done a lot of different types of yoga and mm. i would say that one's the coolest mm. in my book in my book yeah it's 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 a little intimidating for me it's uh <laughs> It's very, I think because, uh, like I said, I kind of have that rajas like uh, disposition, and I and I really like the postures. I feel like it's exactly what I need, but it's like it feels like the gym. There's something a little intimidating about it, and it requires a bit of discipline to really become. It's hard. It's physical. Mm. It's just really physical. That one's a really hard one, yeah. you know. And like, if you really practice it properly, you can advance to the next posture if you haven't done and mastered the previous one. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, that can be really daunting on your ego because you're like, I just want to get to the head. I just want to get to the headstand. I just want to get to Shoshana, you know? And they're like, yeah. well, you know, how are your arms? How's your core? How are your legs? No, no, I just want to get to a headstand. So I feel like it's a really like, it, it is a super intimidating practice because like, you know, just jumping back to your Chaturanga once is hard enough. But mm. I mean, like doing that as a flow you know for at least 10 times is pretty intense um but i think once you get past that it really does become something that is um it's a really good foundational practice hmm. i might uh oh yeah I, I might be a little inspired to take a course or something <laughs> and nowadays i guess i'll just google it right there's no, nothing's open yeah just google the honestly if you already know your practice like you already know your um I could send it to you too. I have it at home. Like if you already know the basic asanas, like all you really need to do is just follow the primary series, which like the first, like, you know, you warm up with like Surya Namaskar A, then you do Surya Namaskar B, you do those a couple of times. And then like you, you know, there's like Uttanasana, Padahastasana, like it's very basic, the primary series, and you could just follow it. You just follow basically the, the sequence. Hmm. Yeah. I, I did uh, Shivananda and it's a, uh way lighter on the postures you know way yeah lighter. well there's like 12 right there's only like 12 basic postures in their sequence yeah well like four i guess 14 because you could you can crow or you can pigeon you can like things like oh that. yeah there's some there's a lot of variations yeah. in the actual class but there's it's pretty much like a a, a very uh let's say easy uh or like a calm version of sun salutations um, yeah and then pretty much 12 main postures and then just get yeah. the fuck out it's more more breath more meditation uh not more than other classes to be honest just no I just feel like less asana hmm. and i spent a lot of time at shivananda i did two of their ashrams and i think that like they were really like it was really really um disciplined it was really good they are um, a little more cultish <laughs> maybe they're super cultish i went to the one in the bahamas i was like oh my god what's oh, going on oh, and you know it was just really crazy just i'm so sorry not i don't want to cut us i just i actually do have another appointment at three oh, but okay yeah okay. i was at i was at the i was on paradise island and so there's like the casino and i went to um <laughs> what's it called the the major hotel there um 
I forgot what it's called. But anyway, so I was at that hotel and I would walk every day and I would go to Shivananda because they were on the same Atlantis, as it was called. So I would go from mm. the Atlantis to the Shivananda <laughs> ashram every day. And it's like people would look at me like I was like super weird. Like you're not really a yogi if you're going back there and like you're having a drink. And I'm like, no, but am I a human? Am I coming here and am I, am I enjoying the two the two dualities and spectrums of life? Like I'm coming to start my day with meditation, yoga, and a really good mm. breakfast. And then I'm chilling by the beach, maybe with a mojito. Like I'm totally allowed to do that, you know? Like, it's there to be enjoyed. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know? Yeah, and it it's, was really like a perfect balance of like... The two worlds. Oh, yeah. Celebrate the body. Yes. And stop shaming. And these, we're monkeys. Yeah. Yes. That's where we get too full of ourselves sometimes and we forget. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that in the spiritual world, you know, mm-hmm. or like, this is what I do. Like, that's great. Does that actually work for you? I'm actually so happy. Yeah. Um, that might not work for someone else. The spiritual so, ego like, is a tricky one. An unhealthy disconnect. Yeah. 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 Well, well, anyway, look, uh, we don't want you to rush there. If you if you got to go, we, we loved talking to you. That was I'm sure awesome. I can speak for Nate. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I loved it. Uh, come back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would yeah. be fun. Yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, I... I'll bother you for it later, I guess, but I would be very interested in your, your coaching services. I think uh, oh, it would be totally. super fun if you have some space in your schedule. Totally. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll connect back on uh, Messenger. And yeah, this was totally awesome. I really appreciate um, just being here and shooting it. I awesome. think it's really cool. And um, I'm done anytime you guys are done. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so appreciate much, guys. It. Have a great day and uh, namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste to you. Bye, guys. Take care.